Hello, folks, and welcome to the third installation of Firmamental. I am your host, Raul, and I'm glad to be joining you. I hope this last week found you well. Uh, Thanks to everybody who's tuned in and subscribed. I really appreciate all of my listeners who are tuning into this show and have uh, went and gave it a five-star rating and are following it on whatever platform they're using. So much thanks to you guys. I polled you guys during the last episode, which was Deep Dive Antarctica, and I asked you what you would like me to do my next episode on, and pretty much unanimously you guys chose how could they possibly pull off this lie. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, right? We're going to be talking about, you know, where we got to up to this point, you know, in our lives and, you know, how they've pushed this model of the universe and the constructs of the universe and... Uh, where we got to modern science and what they teach us in our textbooks and what they show us in Hollywood and in movies and TV shows and music and how it's ingrained in our every facet of our lives and our highest of government institutions. So, you know, how could they possibly pull this off? You know, if you're a, a flat earth theorist or you, you know, you just believe in the geocentric model or you're looking into this. You know, how would we get, how did, how do we get to this point of the heliocentric model and that they have, you know, pretty much everybody convinced that this is just hands down the way it is, you know, and, and nobody can question it because, you know, people think you're crazy or you look foolish. So how do we get to this point? How could they possibly pull it off? There's no way it has to be the way that they're telling us, right? Well, I'm going to present to you some evidence today to show you that, uh, you know, maybe we have been lied to. And maybe it's been orchestrated over a long period of time. I believe the enemy Lucifer is playing long ball and he has uh, executed this plan to the best of his ability over a very long period of time. You got to understand he is an eternal being and he's been fighting this, you know, this battle with, with God for a long time. And how did he get us to this point of basically sun worship, right? And trying to um, push God out of the equation and uh, push science as this new age religion because in the future that's what it's going to become folks it's going to be the the part of the new age religion okay so I'm going to try to keep it as much as I can in chronological order and kind of go down the line and start way back in history and bring us up to modern times I might jump around here or there so forgive me um, if I do a little bit of that but um, I'm going to kind of try to keep it in order I took a bunch of notes for this episode, Uh, so let's just go ahead and get into it, right? So I'm going to take you all the way back to the times of the Greek philosophers, and we're going to start with probably one of the most famous ones, right? And his name was Pythagoras. You guys are probably familiar with him, and if not, then, then go check him out. But he was around 570 BC to 490 BC, and listen, I'm not going to say that these guys weren't brilliant, man. They were brilliant minds. They came up with things that uh, and models that we still use today. But not everything that they had was just, you know, perfect, right? They're human beings just like the rest of us. Brilliant ones, though. Brilliant minds. So who was Pythagoras, right? Well, he came up with the Pythagorean theorem. 
Um, he also was the one that's credited with uh, coming up with the musical scales. Um, metempsychosis, he was into that, which was the transmigration of souls. And he's probably one of the founding fathers of sacred geometry. So, uh, I mean, a brilliant mind, uh, a fascinating individual to research. And there's even interesting uh, Disney videos that they did of him where uh, I believe Donald Duck plays him in a cartoon. You should go check that out. It's it's pretty funny. It's pretty cool. But uh, anyways, his student was Philolaus. I believe it's pronounced Philolaus. Um, that is spelled P-H-I-L-O-L-A-U-S if you want to look him up yourself. Now, he was an understudy of Pythagoras. And why do you, I bring this guy up? Um, he was around in 365 BC. Um, well, because he's probably credited with the earliest known discussion in the concept of a model that wasn't geocentric, right? He had a theory that the earth is not the center of the universe, rather the center fire. He discussed it being a central fire of the universe and spheres revolving around it. Um, so what do, what do I mean by center fire? Well, he didn't necessarily have the sun as the center of the universe. He had this thing called the center fire. Okay, so uh, what did he mean by that? Um, well, he talked about the fixed stars, the five planets, the sun, the moon, and the earth. And he added a tenth unseen body called the counter earth. Without it, it would not fit the Pythagorean theorem requiring a tenth planet. So he had this rotation of these celestial bodies, right? He had the fixed stars, which counted as one. And then he had five planets, so that brings us up to six. He added the sun, the moon, and the earth. That brings us up to nine. And then he added a tenth one, an unseen body called the counter-earth. Just that way he could make it fit in the Pythagorean theorem of ten, you know, a solid ten. Because nine is an imperfect number, and his model would have been unbalanced. Um now, what he said, the central fire was said to be beyond the fixed stars, which I take as what I would think of as a flat earther would be the firmament, right? But what he explains is the central fire was said to be beyond the fixed stars and the counter earth existed behind there as well. This would also bring along later concepts of space between the creator and the creation. Remember, the Greeks worshipped Zeus. So um, he also believed in a spirit realm that was unlimited and a physical realm that was limited. And when the two inter, uh, when they two intertwine that that's called harmonious or harmony. So he believed in these, the spiritual realm, the physical realm, and both of them intertwining in a harmonious in, in, in harmony. Right. Um, so why did I bring him up? Because if you go down the line, uh, he, he was a major influencer of Nicholas Copernicus. Um, you know, Nicholas Copernicus, uh, he, his work was nearly 2000 years later, right folks, I believe in the 1600s and that he knew that the earth's rotation, uh, he came up with a model with the, with the current model that we have today, right. Of heliocentrism. Um, the counter earth doctrine, uh, was also, uh, could be, have links to future, occultists such as uh, Hermes and Blavatsky, right? Um, so this counter-earth theory also was doctrine that was later uh, adopted adopted into the teachings of, of, of people like Hermes and Blavatsky, you know, the as above, so below doctrines that we'll get into later. 
But back to Nicholas Copernicus, right? So he was around 1473 to 1543. He was a mathematician, an astronomer, and he was a Catholic, folks. And he was he's considered to be the father of heliocentrism. He wrote a book. It's called the the Revolution of Celestial Spheres. His model was inspired from uh, Arabic sources. The Erdi Lemma and the Tusi Couple, right? You should go look those up. They're pretty interesting to look at. But he said this of the firmament, right? The ratio of the Earth's distance from the sun to the height of the firmament, its outermost celestial sphere containing the stars, is so much smaller than the ratio of the Earth's radius to its distance from the sun that the distance from the Earth to the sun is imperceptible in comparison to the height of the firmament. So he did come up with the heliocentric model right he didn't believe in this center fire he believed that the sun was the center of the universe and the celestial bodies revolve around it one of them of course being what earth so he took it from being a geocentric model which the bible supports it being geocentric um that we are the center of god's creation and that he created the sun and the moon as a sky clock for us right um, and that the, the celestial bodies revolve around us um, and that the firmament exists and the throne of God is above that and that he separated the waters of earth and heaven, you know. Um, so he, this is where it started to change, right? Uh, these these brilliant minds, you know, uh, scientists of their time, astronomers and mathematicians of their time coming up with these models, you know, but these models also would usher in later uh you know, phases in science that are kind of like pushing God out of the equation, right? Um, he also talked that uh, the perception of the sun moving was from the Earth's motion, not vice versa, right? So he says that uh, the perception of the sun moving, he, he doesn't think the sun moves, right? He thinks that the Earth's motion is moving around the sun, right? The rotation of the Earth and the traveling of the Earth in his heliocentric model. And like I said, flat earthers, we believe that the earth is stationary and geocentric. The sun and the moon are relative in size to one another, and it is a sky clock. Okay, so uh, we can go a little further down the line. We'll break away from the heliocentric model and talk about some other things in science, which kind of, all, they all tie together, folks. Um, Charles Lyell in 1797 to 1875, he wrote The Principles of Geology, Um if you know, that would further give uh, a big push and a big basis for the eventual Darwinism, right? Charles Darwin's teaching of the theory of evolution. Uh, but uh, research the principles of geology. Go look at Charles Lyell's work. Um, but he was into a thing called uniformitarianism, that the earth has been shaped entirely by slow-moving forces still in operation today, acting over a very long period of time, right? So not the timeline of the Bible, Right, more of like this this big bang thing, and all these events have just happened over an expanse of time, and they shape the face of the Earth. And of course, we know that that later down the line uh, comes Charles Darwin um, in 1809 till 1882. He was born in 1809, died in 1882. We're all uh, familiar with the theory of evolution, right? You either believe that we were divinely created. Or you believe that we evolved from the primordial soup over an expanse of a very long time, you know, the Big Bang and, and all that. And, you know, we climbed out of the primordial soup 
and went through these different phases until we gained human consciousness. And, you know, obviously I am a geocentrist personally, and I believe in divine creation. I believe in the creation story of the Bible and me myself personally, I'm just learning to take it literally, but I got to teach you about these things. I'm not going to go deep into the theory of evolution because you folks are, I think pretty much all of you out there that are listening to the show are hip and you know what the theory of evolution is all about. And it's not go look at it, but, uh, you know, you either believe in divine creation or you believe in evolution. You can't combine the two together. They just don't mix. Okay. So all this stuff is what I'm getting at is this was the movement of science, right? To push God out of the equation, to push the story of the Bible out of the equation. And all of these people have ties to secret societies, folks. You know, even going back to Pythagoras and Philolaus, you know, they were members of a secret society. Go look at it. Go read what it says. It says that they met in secrecy and that they that they lived with one another and that their their teachings were private amongst themselves, right? These were the ancient schools of the mystics, right? And the upper class and the upper echelons of society, you know, and all these people have, have ties to the, to the occult in some way. Um, moving forward, right? We have, uh, Isaac Newton, you know, coming up with the laws of motion and universal gravitation, right? Everybody knows the story of him sitting under the tree and the apple falling on his head. And he came up with the theory of gravity, right? Well, um, it, which works. In, in their heliocentric model, right? Um, they, they, they say that the rotation of the planet and the movement of the planet and its core in correlation to the position of the sun and the moon affect Earth's gravity. Sorry, I can't explain it perfectly, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And that, you know, that the Earth has this gravitational pull which draws things down to it. So when you drop something, it falls to the Earth, right? On the flip side, if you're a flat earther, you believe in uh, the laws of buoyancy, right? And I think that the that gravity, which by the way, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, we can't even explain what it is. This is their top scientist, white lab coat member, you know, uh, Jesuit, uh, failed actor, you know, sorry, I don't care for Neil deGrasse Tyson, but, uh, you know, he, he even said, you know, he's the poster boy for uh, modern science, right? He even said they can't explain what gravity is. Like, why is that? You know, I and I, I believe that the, the, the theory of gravity is just a ripoff of the actual law of, of, of the Earth's force, right? Which is buoyancy, right? Density and buoyancy. What's heavier will fall faster. What's lighter will fall slower. And I've heard it put a great way, and I think it was David Weiss or somebody just explained, you know, like think about buoyancy, right? Let's say you have a pebble or, or a rock, and then you have a ping pong ball, and you have a helium balloon, right? And you let all of them go above at the same time of a, above a body of water or a pool of water, right? Well, the rock's going to drop the fastest. It's going to sink to the bottom of the pool. The ping pong ball is going to fall slowly after that. It's not going to go down into the water because it's lighter than the water, but it's heavier than the air, so it's going to sit on the surface of the water while the rock sinks to the bottom and the helium b balloon when you let it go is going to go where up into the air because helium is lighter than air so it's the law of density and buoyancy right and also um i've heard uh you know flat earthers theorize that the uh the earth is a neutral charge or a negative charge and that 
everything else has a, a slightly positive charge, so it will be attracted to its neutral source. That's why it's called grounding, right? Any electricians out there or people involved with, uh, with um, construction will know about grounding, right? That's why they say, where does, where does electricity go? Like, where, do, where does the lightning go? It, it gets grounded, right? It's, it's drawn to the ground. So uh, anything that has a slightly positive charge will be, will be attracted to it. So those are th- some things to contemplate, folks, the, the alternate to what they've taught us. Um, you know, we can later on down the line, we get into scientists such as Albert Einstein and his theory of relativity and how everything in the universe is relative to one another. And don't even ask me to get into all the details of the theory of relativity. But let me tell you, man, Albert Einstein was an occultist. He went to Jesuit schools and he himself is has even you could go uh, read quotes from him. He even said that uh, he didn't think that he was as brilliant as Tesla, who actually uh, was the one that uh, gave us free energy. And they don't want to they don't want us to know about it. They don't want us to know about the ether, um, you know, but it's these theories, these these scientists that these occultists have at their disposure and then they come up with these theories and really what they're doing and and, 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 uh, Tesla said it himself really what they're doing is they're coming up they're they're taking science and turning it into a religion they're basically taking math equations they come up with the number that they want and then they reverse engineer their mathematical problems to fit that number so you know Albert Einstein is part of 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 their plan right these these are the theories that they come up with and put in these textbooks so they can they can verify and justify the ones that they had come up with previously that don't support what the geocentric model that all support this heliocentric model and really if you know anything about the cult uh, the occult right and secret societies um you know that they worship the sun it's all about sun worship s-u-n not s-o-n all right sun worship helio helios meaning the sun right um they called lucifer what the morning star what is the morning star that's the sun uh these occultists believe that he is the light bearer he's the one that brought truth and knowledge to humanity and he's actually the savior savior of humanity and god is this wicked uh dictator right um so really when you when you put the sun as the center of your model and you have all these occultists worshiping the sun, all these secret societies that secretly worship the sun, S-U-N. See, all this is is mysticism. All of this is occult practicing. And all of this has been orchestrated by who? Lucifer himself to get you to worship who? Him and his model and not the actual creator of the universe. Remember, the enemy is the master mimicker. God is the creator, but the, the enemy, Lucifer, is the mimicker he's the destroyer right of truth um we can get into now uh you know this occultist movement that started gaining a lot of steam right uh people like helena blavatsky who was uh born in 1831 i believe and she lived uh till 1891 um she came up with a thing called theosophy it was considered a new religious movement based on her writings but people know it as a major occultist movement of Western esotericism. Her teachings was that every solar system is the expression of a solar deity. Okay. And she said, and, and researcher, she wrote the secret doctrine 
Uh, she says that each planet has a sevenfold constitution known as the planetary chains. These consist of not only a physical globe, but two astral bodies and two mental bodies and two spiritual bodies overlapping in the same space. Um, she was an occult practitioner. She was somebody that was into discrediting God and bringing these new age uh, teachings and mysticism and, and writing these books that were infiltrating uh, Western society, right? Uh, everybody knows about Aleister Crowley, you know? Uh, I mean, come on, man, Aleister Crowley. Mr. Crowley, you know, the, the Ozzy Osbourne song. Come on, folks, that's who he was talking about, right? Did you think you were pure? So uh, when did Aleister Crowley exist? Uh, he was around 1875 to 1947. Major cult practitioner. Uh, just go research this guy. I mean, you want to talk about uh, a, a devil worshiper to the extreme, you know, um, one of Lucifer's main minions. I mean, this is the guy. I mean, he was he was uh, uh, the leader of the OTO um, and Thelema. Uh, he wrote the Book of the Law, uh, the Book of Thoth, the Book of Lies, and 777, and the Kabbalistic Writings. Those were some of the books that he wrote. Um, but, I mean, this guy was just... He was into it all, man. Mysticism, you know, rituals using pentagrams, ritual magic, sex magic. He was into, um, forgive me, I just lost my train of thought, but I'm trying to think of the word eugenics. He was into eugenics and he was into offering daily adorations to what? The sun, S-U-N, the sun, Helios. Um, major occult practitioner um, and he had major influence over many powerful people. One of them being... Okay, this is where we're getting in the next interesting portion of this uh, coming more into the new age, right? In modern times. But he was a major influencer of Jack Parsons, folks. Who is Jack Parsons? Who is this Jack Parsons? Well, Jack Parsons, he was born Marvel Whiteside Parsons uh, on uh, October 2nd, 1914. He is considered the father of modern rocketry, also a member of the Suicide Squad. Um, Yes, the Suicide Squad isn't just a comic book. It goes back uh, to originally being used as a term that they they, they called for this guy and, and his cronies that were uh, doing these experiments. I'll touch on that here in just a few. But yes, the, the Jack Parsons, uh, considered the father of modern rocketry, um, he had access to Caltech resources, and they basically formed the foundation for NASA's JPL or Jet Propulsion Lab. Um, it's kind of funny because it's JPL, right? Um, Jack Parsons Lab, but it also stands for Jet Propulsion Lab, so it's kind of like a double, double-edged sword there. But uh, uh, Parsons was heavily involved in Thelema, which was what, and the OTO, which was what, Aleister Crowley's cult. So you're going to tell me the guy who was one of the major influencers, probably the biggest influencer to eventually what became NASA rocket scientists and built a lot of the foundational work for NASA. He was an Aleister Crowley occult practitioner, man, of his, of Aleister Crowley's teachings of Thelema and the OTO. Now, you don't think that that's strange or fishy? Like, uh, come on, folks, wake up. Um, anyways, uh, they, he did end up eventually getting booted from the JPL, and he sold his stock in the company, and he used this money to buy a mansion in Pasadena, California, where he rented out to a room to who? No other than L. Ron Hubbard. 
you folks know who L. Ron Hubbard is, right? Well, a uh, science fiction writer who came up with his own own religion, which is practiced by such stars today as like Tom Cruise and I can't remember the lady's name who left the uh, who left the, the the occult and has been um, trying to expose them. But there's a, a, a the guy from Saturday Night Fever. Um, he was another one. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of Hollywood stars that are into that. You guys know Scientology, um, bunch of Hollywood stars. John Travolta was one of them. And I can't remember the other actress's name. She was the one, uh, you guys can email me. I'm going to add, you know what? I haven't even added an email link. So you guys, when you want to ask me questions or you want to tell me something or add something or correct me about something, or just have a conversation with me or ask me a question or just give me a shout out, I'll include an email that you can reach out to me in the show notes. Okay, folks. And go ahead and communicate with me that way and we can have an ongoing conversation about some of this stuff. But uh, I was trying to think of the lady, but she was from that show um, with the guy that played Mall Cop. But anyways, I guess she tried to get out of the, uh, the Scientology. But yeah, L. Ron Hubbard, folks. That was another one of Jack Parsons' buddies, man. And he read it out of room to him and they were very close friends. Um, uh, they talk a lot about their magic and occult practices and they had Hollywood ties heavily 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 heavy ties to Hollywood right and they had much influence over many people inside of the occult of Hollywood Hollywood by the way too if you don't know uh Hollywood Holly the wood that comes from the Holly tree was the one that used they used to fashion the wands out of so literally when they cast spells they would use the the wand the hollywood wand to cast spells so what is hollywood doing casting spells over our mind listen for these people in the occult to pull off what they do they got us to accept what they're doing to us that's the lucifer knows the laws of the universe he knows as above so below he knows that he has to abide by by god's law so if he can influence us and persuade us and tempt us into things he can't they can't force us these demonic spirits can't now we can we can uh sell ourselves out to these demonic forces or put us uh, or open ourselves up directly to their influence but they can't just jump into our lives and just force us to do you know they have to use trickery they have to they have to deceive us so hollywood has always been a mecca of the occult casting spells on the on the minds of the people and lucifer knew how much power and influence uh would exist in hollywood so of course he he got intertwined in that scene you know and and completely embedded himself with all these people so yeah l ron hubbard and jack parsons they're buddies right um they were staunch eugenists they were involved in they were into ushering the magical child into earth into earth through the immaculate conception of the lady of babylon yeah, that's the kind of stuff these guys were into. The the guy that was one of the major foundational members of NASA, remember? This guy's also into uh eugenics and ushering the magical child into the earth through the conception to through an immaculate conception with the lady of Babylon. What is that all about, folks? Like who are these people that are building these institutions in our government, right? Um so I guess he got involved in, in the occult and a lot of these, they say these occultists tried to break ties or, or didn't want to be associated with him. He was, uh, very much, uh, y'all just go read about him. They say he was into homosexuality, bestiality. 
you'd have these crazy parties where they were drug induced and, and, you know, they were uh, performing rituals with, uh, elements and, and pentagrams and citrical circles and into like summoning demons. And I guess a lot of people tried to dissociate themselves with him. And he actually did fall under investigation of the FBI at some point, but of course, for, uh, for some reason he was found not guilty. Okay. Well, probably because he had enough connections where, you know, he was able to skate by without being convicted, but convicted, but he did die on June 17th, 1952 in an explosion in his home laboratory. Now you can go and look at this. I'm going to have links to a lot of articles that we'll talk about this. I'm going to add one about, uh, it's going to talk about Jack Parsons. There's going to be a link to an article. You can read more in depth about this, but there is a conspiracy of whether it was a genuine, uh, explosion or whether it was murder or suicide, but there's a whole conspiracy surrounding his death as well. Um, let's get into other um, occult practitioners and NASA scientists that were buddies with one another. How about Walt Disney and Werner von Braun, right? Everybody knows about Walt Disney. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you also know that he's a, a 33rd degree Mason. And obviously, how much influence does Walt Disney have? I mean, like, come on, man, that, that guy has a lot of power and and he has the power of what? Uh, influencing children's minds. I mean, this guy makes specializes in making children's movies and cartoons, for God's sake. Well, he was best buddies with Werner von Braun from NASA. And how did uh, Werner von Braun come into this equation, right? Well, he was a German scientist who was into what? Rocketry and 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 uh, exploring the cosmos, kind of like uh, Jack Parsons was. But he was a Nazi, a Nazi party member who during Operation Paperclip, you know, the American government granted these guys immunity from their war crimes to come over and help build the constructs of NASA. Well, so Walt Disney, 33rd degree Mason, is buddy-buddy with this ex-Nazi, right? And they made, uh, they worked on three separate films together about space exploration. Um, tell me that's just not weird. Is that not weird to you? That doesn't ring some bells to you? Like, it doesn't show you like where there's smoke, there just might be a fire. You know, Werner von Braun, by the way, too, who when he died, he put on his tombstone Psalms 19.1, so God shows his handiworks through the firmament. That's what he put on his tombstone. I think he was trying to leave us a message, folks. I was, I think he was trying to tell us something, you know. Um, yeah, these guys were buddies. I'm just showing you how deeply embedded all these people and all these uh, major influences are with one another. Imagine the power that they have of, of indoctrinating people and show us these images and they have control of our textbooks and they have control of the movies. And this is just, this is what we grew up all believing. This is what we all grew up being taught. So we all just take it, you know, and, and run with it. We never question it when we're young. I know I never questioned it, you know, so, um, you know, you got to think about these things. How are they able to pull this off of folks? They've been influencing us for a very long time. And this is just as far as, as to them. And they control, you know, pre pretty much every echelon of society. That's how they're able to, to get us to believe all this stuff. That's how they're able to get us to not believe in the geocentric model and God's creation and believe in all this bullcrap scientism and mysticism and perverted math equations and theories that they feed down our throats, right? This is how they're doing it, folks. They have control of every institute of our government. They control our financial systems. They control Hollywood. They control them, control the music industry and they control politics. And, and that's how they're able to pull this off. Right. 
um, let's get into some more um, Hollywood theatrics and, and NASA, right? I'm not going to talk about the moon landing and NASA and get too big into that. NASA, by the way, which means beguile or, or deceit in, in ancient Hebrew and the snake's tongue. And I talked about all that. And I talked about, you know, you want to hear more about what I think about the moon landing and the hoax of the moon landing. Go back and listen to episode one if you haven't already. Uh, but that's where I talk a lot about, uh, you know, the hoax of the moon landing. Today, I wanted to talk more about the, the Hollywood influence of it, though, too. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Stanley Kubrick. Once again, most of you guys that are conspiracy theorists will know or, or people that are into Hollywood and films and, and you know, um, you're, you're going to know who Stanley Kubrick was. But he's, he's most well known for uh, producing 2001 A Space Odyssey and Clockwork Orange. He's produced a lot more movies than that, but those are probably his two most famous ones, right? Well, in 2001 Space Odyssey came out in 1968, right? The moon landing was one year after that in July 20th of 1969. So why do I bring this up? Well, go look into it. And I'm going to add a link to this article as well. And you could just, there's so many documentaries and things that you can find. I wouldn't necessarily say using Google for this would be the best. Alternate search engines like Brave or Yandex might be best. But I mean, you can even find stuff about this on YouTube. You can find stuff about this, obviously, on Rumble and other platforms. And there's just articles about this stuff everywhere. But there's a huge conspiracy surrounding Mr. Stanley Kubrick and that he met with, uh, you know, uh, three members of NASA during this time. And there's a whole conspiracy saying that that he was actually the producer of the moon landing and that they used the same set that they used for the moon landing in the movie 2001 Space Odyssey for for the Apollo moon missions. Right. Who are these guys from NASA that he met up with? Well. Uh, one of them was uh, Frederick Ordway III. He was a space scientist for NASA. Uh, the other one was, I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name. It's uh, Decky Slayton, I believe. Um, he was a test pilot and, uh, and NASA's chief of astronaut of the astronaut office. He was the chief of the astronaut office, Decky Slayton. That's spelled D-E-K-E if you want to look it up. Slayton, S-L-A-Y-T-O-N. And uh, George Mueller, uh, an associate administrator of NASA's office, um, and another uh, guy, um, a science fiction writer, Sir Charles Clark, who was the co-writer of 2001 Space Odyssey, and he's also a pedophile, folks. Go research this guy. Go look up his antics in Sri Lanka. You'll find it out. So what? It, why are these guys meeting uh, a year before or right around the time of the, of the moon landing, right? It's because this was an orchestrated event. This was a planned event. This was a staged event. They recorded it in Hollywood and then they just played the videotape for us. They played it around the world and indoctrinated everybody into believing that we landed on the moon. Like I said, I'm not going to get deep into that stuff. Just research the hoax of the moon landing. Uh, I talked to you guys about it in, in episode one. You want to know more about that? Go listen to it there. But folks, all this is a giant orchestration. It really is this giant orchestration. This is all these events have all been orchestrated. Lucifer, you know, the sun worship, the heliocentric model. It's all orchestrated. It goes so deep. These guys are all intertwined with one another and they have so much power and influence over our society. They literally, you know, um, they're all chosen. They're all chosen by the hidden hand. These people that run the occult. These people that have overthrown our financial institutions and infiltrated every level of our society, all the way down to our educational institutions. They push 
this crap on us. That's why we're so indoctrinated and that's why it's so hard to get yourselves out of this indoctrination. You got to start looking at the truth. Go read the Bible. Go pray. Think about these things. And listen, there, there are people in the flat earth community that are Christians. I understand that. And I'm not saying that you have to be a flat earther to be a Christian either. I'm just saying this is the walk that I'm on. This is what I've been researching. And this is what I find to be the truth. And it's very interesting. It's just like there's way too many red flags for me to just walk away from this, man. For me, once you open this can of worms, there's no closing it back up. So um, I'll get down to the, you know, the the final little segment of this episode. But I want to talk about uh, an individual named Robert Maxwell, because I think this will bring some 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 more information to get you to understand like how much control they have in in our institutions right so robert maxwell who is he well he just happens to be just lane just lane maxwell's dad yeah that's right the lady who was helping out um jeffrey epstein right the whole lady involved with that scandal well her dad is uh one of the uh partial owners or the owner of mcgraw hill which is what a school textbook company so this guy who has ties to the occult, whose daughter is involved with Jeffrey, uh, with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, he's the guy that, that owned our school textbooks. These are the people that choose what goes in our school's textbooks. You don't think that they're putting their little occult messaging in there? You know, they're pushing this science as religion and pushing God out of the equation. Folks, they are. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. That's what I'm telling you to go look into. And even just go look at this guy's Wikipedia. He's been guilty of fraud. He's a fraudster. And this guy, what, controls our school textbooks? The information that goes in school textbooks? Imagine how much power and influence they have in all of our institutions up to their highest levels. Those are the things you got to think about, folks. Uh, And then let's just talk about the modern actors on the scene, right? All the way up into modern day time. You know, you think about Elon Musk. And you think about Mark Zuckerberg and all these powerful CEOs and all these media companies. And folks, all these people are are deep in the occult. They're all part of the same secret societies. They're all actors on a stage. They're placed into their roles. Bill Gates is another one. These people are into transhumanism. They're into eugenics. They're into the depopulation of the earth. And then most of all, they're into Luciferian worship. These people are Luciferians. The Pope, the new Pope, I'm sorry, folks. I got family out there that's Catholics and they're good Christians, but I'm sorry, folks. Your Pope, he is a, a Jesuit Luciferian and he is also uh, a huge uh, supporter of one world government and all kinds of crazy stuff. So go look into him. You folks are probably aware about a lot of this. We already know about Hollywood and the music industry. I mean, just look at all these, these uh, musicians that are sold out to the devil or who have been uh, admitted on camera or in interviews that they've sold their soul to the devil. I mean, uh, there's so much influence in Hollywood and music and the enemy uses that as a major tool of his to, to, uh, use sorcery on our minds. Right. Uh, I talked about Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, right. Uh, just these, these guys, oh, they're such great scientists and they're such brilliant minds. You know, they can stand up on a TV with a white lab coat on and they can spew all this information and fancy mathematics and equations and theories and we just feel so stupid in their presence and we just take it hook line and sinker whenever they tell us folks these people are controlled opposition as well you already know politicians are are controlled come on i mean 
what's that old joke? Uh, how do you know when a politician's lying? When he opens his mouth? I mean, come on, folks. Uh, we don't have, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that there's no people involved in politics that are good, that are inside the belly of the beast trying to fight for, for, for the good. But I want to say the majority of these people are controlled, folks. And then the ancient alien and astronaut deception. Yes, I was all into this at one time. Even me, myself, you know, I was a, I was huge into reading books such as uh, Chariots of the God or The Twelfth Planet. And I used to be addicted to the show Ancient Aliens. But now being a flat earther and knowing that there's a firmament protecting us from above and actually looking at the Bible from a different perspective, I know that the fallen ones are already here. And that when they stage this event, because it is going to happen, but it's going to be a staged event by the extraterrestrials and Lucifer, which are already here on this plane, walking around amongst us or inside of the earth. They're going to stage this huge alien invasion in the end times. And then they're going to come out and, and, and uh, the Antichrist and Lucifer, you know, the beast are going to save us in some miraculous form or fashion. This is just what I what from what I researched, what I've gained. And, uh, you know, they're going to get us, deceive us into worshiping the fallen ones through this cosmic war. And then when the real Jesus returns, these ones who have indoctrinated everybody into their beast system and ushered everybody into their beast system are going to turn around and wage a cosmic war with God. That's what this really sums down to. This is really what it's all about. That is the that is what Lucifer has been orchestrating all through this expanse of time. That's what I believe. You don't have to believe in that, but you know, it's always fun to entertain these thoughts, folks, and uh, pick up your Bible and read it and research these articles and go and look at these things and uh, start to question everything. If anything you get from my podcast, I just want to let you know, question everything, folks. Go out there and question it. Look at it. Uh, and don't just look at their resources. Look at information from both sides and then you can't you come up with your own conclusion. And just like I said, uh, this is a, a multi-layered conspiracy orchestrated by Lucifer himself. Um, that's pretty much what I got for this episode, folks. I hope you enjoyed some of this research that I did. And I hope you find this podcast entertaining and informational. And I'm going to post some links uh, to the videos and, and articles. I'm going to post a link to one of uh, George Hobbs' episodes of Flat Earth Files where he talks a lot about this stuff that was a great episode. And go and check out these links. Uh, I'll probably also be adding an email so you can start communicating with me on some level. And uh, I appreciate you guys for joining me. All right. So uh, I'm just going to say peace out. So always remember, you know, keep it firm, keep it tight. But most of all, keep it firm. Momentum.